1: Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Chad Young.
2: Hello and welcome to the First Pitch Podcast. As I said, my name's Chad Young, getting right into it on this Saturday morning. Guardians have been scuffling and have put 40% of the rotation on the IL Friday. That probably doesn't help. Aaron Savali has forearm inflation. He's shown flashes of strong performance this year, but cannot stay healthy. While I feel for Savali, no sympathy for Zach Plesak, who broke his hand, punching the dirt after allowing a home run in his last start. Plesak was supposed to start Friday. Instead, Cody Morris made his debut. Morris wasn't stretched out and was basically thrown to the wolves. So the result's not a huge surprise. He lasted just two innings, giving up three runs, although only two of them were earned. Four hits, two walks, three strikeouts. He did manage six whiffs on 54 pitches, getting whiffs on three different pitches. I still like Morris, and I hope he gets another shot in five days. Xavier Curry was recalled and will likely take Savali's spot in the rotation. The White Sox placed Luis Robert on the paternity list. That feels like a big deal but he's been playing like twice a week lately, it feels like, so maybe he's not really going to miss that much time. The Dodgers got Blake training back from the IL, designating Jake Reed for assignment to make room. It's just adding bullpen depth to a team that really doesn't need any more help than they've already got. After getting a start yesterday, Daniel Mangdon was designated for assignment today. Don't think you were rushing to pick him up anyways, but if you were, you can cancel those fab bids. Some new injuries Friday. Cabrian Hayes left the Pirates game with shoulder discomfort. He's considered day-to-day for now, but Pittsburgh has no reason to rush him. Jordan Alvarez was scratched with hand discomfort. Not sure what the prognosis is, but it sounds like they are expecting him back tonight. That'd be great because I'm going to be at that game and I would love to see him hit. Nick Pavetta left after the third inning. His last hitter, Liotis Tavares, hit a comebacker that caught his leg. Report is a calf contusion, which doesn't sound too bad for the snake bit Red Sox. Pavetta had given up just one run and four hits in those three innings, although only two strikeouts and two walks over three. Not great. Andrew Benintendi felt a pop in his hand on a swing and left the Yankees game. X-rays were negative, but he's getting an MRI today, so we'll look for an updated report. Eric Haas took a foul tip to a rather unfortunate spot. It's being called a lower abdominal contusion. He says the field was spinning and he was fighting back nausea, which, yeah, I can imagine. Hopefully nothing serious because, oh goodness, that already seems awful enough. Gavin Lux was supposed to be back, but was scratched for the Dodgers Friday as he deals with a neck issue. Lux is now expected to be out today as well. The team will see where he is on Sunday. A couple non-new injuries to update you on. Brandon Belt undergoing knee surgery that will end his 2022 season. He did say he's hoping to be back next year, which actually seems like a positive thing given he was questioning his future just a week or so ago. Would love to see him back at full strength once again. Zach Wheeler is being slowed down in his return due to continuing soreness in his elbow. The team isn't worried, but he'll stop throwing for a few days, which likely means he won't be back in the minimum, as some of us were hoping. Tanner Houck, who the Red Sox hoped wouldn't miss much time, is likely to have back surgery that will end his season. He's a talented pitcher with a bright but somewhat unclear future. Keep an eye out for news on his recovery and his future role, as those will both have a big impact on his draft status. A flurry of starting pitchers coming back in the next few days. Tyler Molly returns to the Twins today. Carlos Carrasco is back for the Mets tomorrow. Max Castillo rejoins the Royals tomorrow. And Jack Flaherty back for the Cards Monday. All but Castillo are likely rostered, but if any of the other three are available, they are worth adding. Giants also expecting to get Joey Bart back Tuesday. He'd been hitting really well before he went down, so hopefully he picks up where he left off finally, before getting into game action, Austin Meadows released a statement Friday noting that in addition to injuries and health issues, he's been struggling with his mental health. He's back with the team, but not ready to play and thanked the Tigers for working with him. He ended a statement saying, quote, I can't do this alone. And I hope in sharing my experience, I can touch at least one person who might be going through their own struggles and encourage them to reach out to someone for help. Austin, thanks for sharing this. This is me amplifying your message as much as I can. It's an important one. It really means a lot that you were willing to put this out there. From that, let's take a look at what did happen on the field. Cal Raleigh hit not one but two home runs in Cleveland Friday, driving in four and scoring two. His 21 home runs tie him for the league lead among catchers with Wilson Contreras. And his only true weak spot is a two hundred five average. That's pulled down by a two hundred eighteen BAPIP. Looking towards next year, there are some catchers who are still ahead of him. Contreras, Will Smith, JT Real Muto, among others. But he's right in the mix with that next tier, and his draft status will be very interesting. Bo Bichette, 3-for-5 with a double a home run, a run in two RBIs Friday. Bichette, just the number 11 shortstop on the Ras Player Raider. He was drafted to be much more than that, but he has been solid and productive, although I suspect he won't be drafted as highly in 2023. Spencer Steer, is trying to demand your attention, was 2-for-2 with two walks, two runs, an RBI, and his first career home run. His second hit was a double just for good measure. Talked about him yesterday with his call-up, and I am super interested in him as long as he's getting playing time. If you're like me, you sat most of Atlanta's bats against Sandy Alcantara, and for me, that included Travis Darnot, who was 2-for-3 with three runs, three RBIs, and two home runs. He's been very strong at catcher, a bit under the radar, and I've been very happy with him where I have him. Jock Peterson, two for two with his 21st home run, a walk, two runs, and five RBI. I somehow missed what a strong season Jock was having. He's really been excellent. Other home runs around the game, Sean Bouchard of the Rockies hit his first. Jake Fraley got his eighth. That was just a pinch hitter. Willie Castro got his sixth. Javier Baez his ninth. Michael Taylor matched that ninth. Eduardo Esquire hit his 13th. Pete Alonso smashed number thirty-two. Connor Wong hit his first. I mentioned yesterday he could run with that job, so watch what happens there. Christian Betancourt hit his ninth. Juan Grissom got his fourth. Michael Harris his 15th. Austin Riley, number 34. and Encarnacion hit his second. Yasmani Grandal got just his fourth of the year. Lars Neubart got his 11th. Tommy Edmund his 12th. Manny Machado and Brandon Drury both hit their 25th. Jerks and Profar got his 13th. Not a ton of stolen bases, Vlad Guerrero swiped his fifth. Bubba Thompson stole his tenth. Tyler O'Neill his eleventh. Jan Gomes got his first since 2020 and just the sixth of his career. And Jose Altuve nabbed his thirteenth. On the mound, Luis Castillo, six shutout innings against the Guardians, which is actually about as bad as a starter's done against them in a few days. But still, five hits, one walk, four strikeouts, nothing to complain about. Just eight whiffs and a 25% CSW does give you the sense this might have been a cold offense, more than great pitching. But Castillo's also good enough to be this successful without his best stuff. Alec Manoa was added again Friday, seven and a third, five hits, zero runs, one walk, six Ks. He's a guy that Jays and fantasy managers can build a rotation around. Great American Ballpark is not a great place to pitch, but the road is the road if you're a Rocky, and Kyle Freeland has been kind of great on the road. Coming into Friday, he had a 3.62 ERA away from Coors, and he lowered that, went 5-2, and giving up a run on 8 hits with a walk and 3 strikeouts. He's not an ace that's still you know a high whip and not a lot of strikeouts, but he should be on your streaming radar when he's outside Colorado. J.P. Sears and Dean Kramer both solid again. Kramer went 6, giving up 2 runs on 5 hits and a walk, striking out 6. While Sears went 6, giving up 2 runs on 6 hits and a walk, striking out 5. I was slow to come around on Kramer, but starting to tentatively look at him as a matchup guy. And, well, I've been slow coming around on Sears, and maybe I need to rethink that. Uh, he had just 8 whiffs. I'll still hold out. I like the matchup for Detroit with Daniel Lynch as a streaming option, but that did not pan out. 4 runs in 5 innings. With a 1.8 whip and 4 Ks, yuck, I'm done with him. David Peterson was at best decent Friday, giving up three runs on eight hits and a walk over five and a third to the Nats. He struck out six, but that was about the only good part. No home runs allowed, so maybe some bad ball and play luck factor in there too. But again, against the Nationals, you got to do better than that. Jeffrey Springs was asked to face the Yankees and was up to the challenge, going five and two thirds, allowing just four hits. He did walk three versus seven strikeouts, so not perfect. But this was really great to see. It makes me more comfortable starting him moving forward. Domingo Herman wasn't bad either, giving up three runs. Just two of them earned over six and two-thirds. Six hits and two walks, but only had one strikeout. And then got no help from his bullpen as well. Just seven whiffs and a 22% CSW. And I'm not really interested in his next start versus Minnesota, despite the nice result Friday. I already teased all those Atlanta home runs, and well, Sandy Alcantara was just off Friday, giving up six runs on six hits, including those three home runs, over five innings pitch, walking one and striking out just three. That's the second six spot he's given up in his last three starts, and he's at Philadelphia next. I can't see sitting him, but I won't be real confident either. Charlie Morton got a W, but just missed the quality start, giving up a run over five and a third. He struck out seven, allowed four hits and two walks. His ERA is down to 4.01, but even before Friday's performance, he was down to just 3.55 since his first three starts and 2.93 since June 17th. Sonny Gray lasted only four, giving up two runs on five hits and a walk with just two strikeouts. After an awful July, he had a great August, but this is not an ideal start to September. He's not really a comfortable start for me moving forward. Jordan Montgomery bounced back from his first rough start as a card, told the Cubs scoreless for six innings, giving up seven hits and two walks in the process with just four Ks. Obviously, you love the shutout, but a 1.5 whip and four strikeouts does leave something to be desired. You don't often give up a run per inning and still pique my interest, but Reed Detmers kind of did that. He faced a tough Houston offense and didn't give up a home run. He struck out six and walked just two over four in a third, All of that's pretty good, and yeah, four runs and seven hits is bad. I wouldn't want to start him against Houston. You probably shouldn't have, but I do like what this says for him in better matchups. Lance McCullers did sort of the opposite of that. Just two runs over five and two-thirds is pretty good, but six hits and four walks to the Angels? Yeah, the seven strikeouts is nice, but eh, that's not really encouraging. That said, his next two starts are Texas and Detroit, so I'll keep using him. Hugh Darvish was excellent keeping the Dodgers off balance and never really being in much danger. Went seven shutout innings, allowed just two hits and two walks, striking out nine. Just a vintage Darvish performance. Dustin May, on the other hand, he's been so good this year but was not spotting his pitches Friday, missing both in the zone, which led to a couple home runs, and out, which led to five walks. He finished giving up six runs on four hits with five strikeouts and five innings pitched. He rematches the Padres next in San Diego, and I think you just have to bank on him bouncing back. Kyle Gibson got blown up by the Giants, but Alex Cobb was brilliant opposite him. Seven shutout, just three hits and a walk, striking out seven, and doing that at Philadelphia, that's just a stellar start. And I benched him all over the place, and boy do I have regrets. Out of the bullpens, the Rockies' bullpen was a mess. Denelson Lamette blew a save in the seventh. Giving up the Fraley home run. And then Alex Colome took the loss in the ninth, allowing a walk off single to Jonathan India. That gave Alexis Diaz of the Reds, who went one inning with a hit and a K, his fifth win. Gregory Soto gave up a hit but also struck out the side, getting his 24th save. The Twins' pen issues crept up again as Caleb Thielbar gave up the Grandal home run to tie it and blew a save. And then Jorge Lopez gave up back to back one out singles, followed by a hit by pitch and a grounder that allowed the winning run to score. Lopez has not been bad since coming over from Baltimore, but his K rate is down, his walk rate is up, his ground ball rate is down, and under the hood, he looks, to be blunt, more like the 6.04 career ERA pitcher he was over 350 innings before 2022 than the guy he was for the 48.1 innings with Baltimore earlier this year. With Ryan Presley still in the IL, it was Rafael Montero locking down his 11th for the Astros. He struck out two in the process, and Ian Kennedy got his 10th for the Diamondbacks. With that, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk about Saturday. Welcome back. Starting off our look at Saturday, we'll jump into the weather with our friend Mark
1: Paquette. Thank you very much. September is going rolling right along, and we have some pretty quiet weather. We get two games to watch for. Not too many, obviously. Just two. There's going to be some rain around Cincinnati and Atlanta again. Atlanta continues their series against the Marlins, and the Reds continue their series against the Rockies, both National League matchups. But I don't see a postponement here, and really the rain's going to be
2: pretty spotty. So if you have someone in these games or you're playing DFS, go ahead and
1: play them right now.
2: Anyways, I will be back with you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thanks, Mark. If you're looking for someone to stream, a little bit of a risky play, but Brian Bayo looked to have really made progress last time out, and now he gets Texas. I really like that matchup. Not as much, though, as I like Austin Voth against Oakland. Voth's been great lately, and that is an ideal matchup. As for hitters, a couple of big offenses I think could have big days. The Dodgers, after a really rough night Friday, I think they are going to torch Sean Manaya, And the Mets get Patrick Corbin. That could be a ton for them, too. In terms of what to watch, I'll be focused on Shohei. I'm sure plenty of you will be, too. But Drew Smiley versus Adam Wainwright is an underrated matchup. And Tyler Molly versus Dylan Cease is interesting, if only to see how Molly handles his return to the Minnesota rotation. They really need him to be effective down the stretch. With that, you should head over to PitcherList. There's some great content for you to read up on, catch up even more on what happened yesterday and what's coming today. And after that, go enjoy a day of baseball, and we'll be back with you on First Pitch tomorrow.
1: This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by... PictureList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PictureList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.